When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Rob Vanstone and welcome to the, uh, what are we at now, 110, 112, uh, triple digit edition of the Rider Rumblings video podcast. I am here with my worthy constituent, uh, Murray McCormick, veteran Rough Rider beat writer. And um, we've we averted disaster thanks to our producer, Austin Davis, uh, moments ago as we started to record, uh, I was asked, what is that white stuff on your nose? It was yogurt. So I almost did a podcast with yogurt on my nose, and uh, thank you to the uh, attentive colleagues that I have. We've averted some embarrassment. I'll try and continue to avert embarrassment for the remainder of this podcast. Um, Murr, um, what do you make of <laughs> that preseason game on Tuesday, 25-16, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers defeating the Saskatchewan Rough Riders before perhaps 16 spectators at Mosaic wow. Stadium. Uh, any takeaways that are front of mind? I have never seen, you can't even call it a crowd, that small of a crowd for a rider function at the new Mosaic Stadium or Olden Saints. I think zero on the attendance line says that so was much. Funny. That's that was funny. That was funny. So what was, the, what was the reason for the zero? The fact there was an NHL playoff game between the Oilers and the Avalanche. It's a Tuesday night, 6.30 kickoff and a preseason game that was on TV. Was it just a meaningless game? Was it just a whole bunch of other things? The Regina Red Sox were playing. I, I hope they had more fans than the Riders did. But They, you know, they said 450, and they actually had a pretty enthusiastic crowd by the sounds of it. So, so I... Every, like my people ask, what do you read into that? And I just, I listed all those aforementioned reasons and went, it's not the end of the world. It's a preseason game. They had to play it. Unfortunately, there wasn't 30,000 people there, but holy One factor sweet. I would point out is that they, they weren't playing anybody. I walked yeah. around the, the stadium before the game, and uh, in one lap of the concourse, I saw probably at least a half dozen Cody, Cody Fajardo jerseys. If you're a Cody Fajardo fan, you didn't see Cody Fajardo play. Uh, play. The uh, first person I saw come into the stadium, because I was there right at this when it opened, was somebody wearing a jersey three, Nick Marshall. Nope, Nick Marshall isn't playing either. So yeah. they went out of their way to give people incentives not to go. And uh, sure enough, people complied. Um, I wonder if there's still a bit of a COVID hangover. Um, yeah. And in, term, in terms of wariness and in terms of finances that, that may yeah. be impacting the uh, the attendance as well. 
Yeah, but am I, are you, we're not panicking by any stretch. I think we're still going to see improved numbers once the regular season starts and get into a regular season mode. But, you know, I I didn't feel a whole lot of buzz. I know you went to do an atmosphere piece, and I said to you, good luck finding atmosphere, because there was very few people even outside the stadium. So it's just maybe one it of was like what It felt like a ghost town outside the stadium. Yeah. It felt like a practice. And I it, know, it really like did. A, the Labor like that uh, the Saturday they have the fan festival before the Labor Day game. It felt a little like that. A little not quite as exciting, but just number wise and whatnot. But they got to play them, and you know the Riders. I don't know. You and I have sat in the press box after, and we go, "What did we learn from that?" And we scratched our heads and said, "Well." Not you scratched your lot. head more than I did, obviously. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> Sorry, leave bad joke. I, I leave marks when I scratch my head. Uh, what did we learn? And we kind of said, well, Mason Fine may have the leg up, but I kind of watched. Sorry, Rob, I watched that game again the other yesterday. And oh, my maybe, goodness. Maybe Jake Dolegala. we got to let human resources know about that. No. Jake Dolegala did better than I thought he would. And, you know, Troy Williams had some moments when he showed some mobility. So, the backup quarterback position may not be as sold as, as wrapped up as we thought, but I still be very surprised if there was anybody but Mason Fine. I think that he's just showed that he's a guy he has. He looked more comfortable with the offense, having said those good things about the other two guys. He looked more comfortable with the offense, and he's been around. And it was, I found an interesting comment. Someone asked him about what happened last year and how he ended up being the uh, second-string quarterback, and he said he didn't even know. Which was kind of telling. Yeah, we, that we, remains we a mystery. It, yeah, and, and it's not. Let's dig into this mystery and blow it wide open because stuff like still the second string quarterback and Craig Dickinson. We were asking about him a lot last year. Was kind of give me the look like, okay, it's the second string quarterback, Mark. Come on. So we move well, on a little bit from there. Yeah, but well, it's you're, still you're one hit away from disaster. Um, exactly. Cody Fajardo went from second string quarterback to most outstanding player in the West Division in two seconds in terms of his elevation on the death chart so uh it's a pretty big deal and it's a pretty big ask especially with an 18 game regular season looming yeah. uh and a, a quarterback who likes to run uh but who's been Winnipeg pretty Blue Bombers sat out uh Zach Kalaros very tactically for both of their preseason games there's yeah. only so many snaps that you can get away with as a quarterback in this league but it was it was hard looking at that at that roster sheet they post they posted to count up how many starters there were that or proposed starters or and I ended up with about a half a dozen among the yeah group I got to, I really stretched it with the riders to and I, I counted number of surefire starters and number of players who actually have a chance of starting and the most I could get to was nine I talked to Jeff Hamilton of the Winnipeg Free Press he said the Bombers dressed two probable starters yeah. and they still well, won quite convincingly. But what can they do? Like, they have to play these games. And we talked about last year, and I think part of the issue is last year they didn't have any preseason games to set up this regular season. And we saw what was like a pretty mediocre offensive season. They never really caught on. Now, that's putting a whole lot of weight on preseason games to carry your whole regular season. But I still think there was some reasons why the offense were down. Things weren't quite as sharp last year. They didn't have preseason games. Not to prepare the guys. But, then they, have a play, but then they have a preseason game and they don't play their players anyway. So what, <laughs> what would it have done them to have uh, preseason football last year if they were going to treat the, treat them like they did uh, 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 Tuesday's game? It's, I'm running out of excuses. Of I've run out of excuses to justify <laughs> that game, Rob. You win. I don't know why. It just was a bad game. You know, the first half, 3 nothing. I think the Avalanche and Willis had scored. It was 4-3 or something in that game. Big time. 
the Raiders got to three or the Bombers got three nothing or something. I wasn't watching the hockey game, so. Well, on Monday I asked Craig Dickinson jokingly because the the his previous preseason opener as the Riders head coach they'd lost thirty seven one. So I asked him jokingly, "Can you promise the fans you'll score more than one point on Tuesday?" And uh, he, he seemed pretty convinced that they would. I was pretty convinced that they wouldn't well into the fourth quarter. Uh, I, I had an absolute killer lead from my column if, <laughs> if the Riders had been it. shut out. So I hate it when I did some, I did some number crunching, score. by the way. Oh, good. What's that? Oh, good. Um, <laughs> Preseason number I, crunching. <laughs> well, I think, the, I think the Mason Fine um, situation – People are kind of defaulting to it and saying he's got the inside track and the number two job. But he played a much simpler game than did Jake Dolagala. He threw primarily very safe passes. Jake Dolagala's average pass through the air traveled 10.8 yards. Mason Fine, less than five yards. Four of his passes were behind the line of scrimmage. So yeah, his numbers were going to be better. 13 for 18 compared to 6 for 10. But... He threw all he threw safe little hitch screen passes. It was it was a very paint by numbers type offense. So I think I think because of the manner in which the offense was operated under Mason Vine, yeah, his numbers are going to be better, and probably he's going to it's it's going to seem like it was a little more impressive. But there was no aggression to the throws, whereas Jake Dolagala's throws were were almost all well beyond the line of the scrimmage. It was a nice throw by by by. Uh, by Mason Fine to, to Jesper Weah for the touchdown. And that was his longest throw of the day. It traveled 20 yards in the air, although it was only a two-yard touchdown. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but by and large, it was safe passes that uh, that uh, Craig Dickinson could have completed with some proficiency. So Is that it's a almost an apples right? and orange. It's an apples, almost an apples and orange comparison, though, because he didn't really get a chance to, to see if, if Mason Fine can really air it out. And they didn't really give Jake Dolagala a chance to do what he – it was apparently his forte, which is really air it out. The only long pass that was thrown all day was by Troy Williams. So we still haven't seen the gun over a long distance that Jake Jake Dolagala supposedly has. So I don't know. I just I, I want to see more, and I want to see more of those quarterbacks in different situations. And I want to see I want to see Mason Fine tested, which I don't think he was necessarily on Tuesday. And I want to see Jake Dolagal air it out to see if there's if there's some throws that he can make that may be beyond the capabilities of the other quarterbacks. I there, that's my little tangent I'm, for the day. I don't know if I'm thinking that's going to happen too much tomorrow night against the Lions. I somehow wonder them really the starters are going to play the first half, most of the first half, and then the uh, prospects come in for the second half. Maybe they will let out. Maybe they're going to have to find out what they can do. I still remember – one of Jake uh, Jake's first or second passes, and he just threw a rocket. I don't know if you remember that pass. Just we saw how strong his arm was early in this in the game. So, but it was He's strong. A, but those were intermediate passes. I want to see him air it out. The Bombers yeah. weren't reluctant to air it out. No, I saw what Dakota Prukop did. The second touchdown pass he threw was beautiful. At least the Bombers made an inter- an attempt to entertain the fans that did show up yeah. on Tuesday. The Rough Riders just played their their usual boring conservative. Uh, Take what the defense gives you, offense that was way too tiresome last year. Yeah, it was only one preseason game, but uh, the Rough Riders really didn't try to test the limits of their of their backup quarterback, prospective backup quarterbacks, while supposedly evaluating them. Yeah. Well, they get another chance tomorrow night to do a little bit of that. Rob, I know we were watching the running backs, and you uh, 
talked to Frankie Hickson. Frankie Hickson. Before the game. And yes. Uh, I think, you know, I actually, Jamal Moore only had, I think, was it two carries for 23 yards? Or maybe three for three, 23. Three for 23. So, of all of, I thought he looked the best in his three carries of all the running backs in his little time. No but way. Frankie, Frankie Hickson looked I, way better. I didn't give me a chance to say but. But. <laughs> Frankie, Frankie came on stronger towards the end, and so and he had a block on one of the blue bombers that was coming. Jake ended up getting sacked on the play, regardless. But he just blew a block there. That uh, I guess. Sorry, can I check? Because it looks like the referee is transaction moving right now. You want to take a look at that? Sure. You, do that? Uh, you take a look at that, and I'll start talking. Um, okay. I mean, Frankie Hickson. There was a greater sample of work, not abundant in terms of carries, but. Uh, Jamal Morrow, Morrow had the one carry that was really nice for 16 yards. Frank Frankie Hickson consistently showed that he could uh, could make things happen, even when there really didn't appear to be a lot there. What we saw from Morrow and Hickson is what we didn't see last year, and arguably in 2019, which is a running back with acceleration as soon as he gets the ball. I mean, last year over William Powell's first 40 carries, only two of them exceeded 10 yards. And, uh, and generally, and, and he's a different style runner too. He would kind of, he was more, more kind of patient once he got the ball. Uh, and he would just a different, different style, but to see a running back at the ball and go whoosh. Yeah. Uh, I think that's an example of younger legs, quicker legs, and maybe a different style of running, running back too. And, uh, I left that game feeling better about the running backs than I did about any other facet of the Rough Rider game. Although Kari Vedvik punted well, punted, punted oh. well. Vedvik punted well. Fun? What did he do in the Western Final? <laughs> 29.5. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. We haven't, we haven't yet seen if he can be a cold-weather punter, but uh, he did uh, did exceedingly well on, uh, on so Tuesday. We're going to jump on this fresh breaking news for Ryder Rumblings, and hopefully it stays for all. The Riders finally released their cuts that were supposed to be announced yesterday. The Wednesday's the, cuts on a Thursday. Yeah, so here they so are. We're going to just The result start, of Friday's game will be available on Saturday. We'll start at the top of the list, and two names are probably going to jump out at you, Rob. Okay? There's an American defensive lineman, Benjamin Davis, an American defensive back, Stephen Denmark, a national defensive back and a draft pick, Vincent Detier, an American wide receiver, Paul McRoberts. An that American doesn't defensive... surprise me. Me either. Hang on. Let me finish. Sorry. A defensive back, Josh Nurse, who's an American. Offensive lineman, Maurice Simba, who is a six foot eight giant. Defensive back, Will Sutherland, another American. Another American so defensive Sunderland. back. Sunderland. Sutherland? Isn't it Will Sunderland? Well, I had Sutherland here. Sutherland. It's Sunderland. Sunderland. Okay, sorry. It's, spelled, it's Sutherland on the release. Sorry, folks. Uh, and American defensive back of Levante Taylor and American quarterback Troy Williams, which, you know, Craig mentioned on uh, Tuesday, he would have liked to have carried four quarterbacks into the preseason game, but they really, now there's no way four quarterbacks, I'm talking Cody, no. Jake, and uh, Mason, are going to get an opportunity to play, so he may as well get rid of them. McRoberts, interesting point, and I probably won't make the paper, and I was putting it on my five players to watch, and I had McRoberts on my list. Because for two training camps in a row, he was a star. He was, everyone we talked about him, and training the old season would open. He wouldn't be on the regular season roster. He got on the regular season roster. Excuse me, towards the end of twenty twenty one, he was with the number ones at training camp to start out this year. I kind of thought he was a bit of a placeholder for Kyron Moore. He didn't really have the highlight reel catches, and that's because I thought Keon Schaefer Baker. Uh, 
Duke Williams and Shaq Evans seem to be getting a lot of the passes from Cody with the number ones. And rightfully so, because they seem to be, you know, the guys are going to be the chemistry. So McRoberts really didn't get a chance to play. And then on Tuesday, that passes off his hands. It was a little high, we'd say that, but I think he should have caught it. It was interception and we're going from there. So kind of Paul McRoberts surprised me a little bit. And so Vincent Detier is had a great camp. I noticed him a lot. And he's a Canadian. He was a draft pick, but you know they got to cut someone, so I don't know how many. Well, he got to, he got uh, burnt a bit on the long touchdown pass to to Wap to Wap Filior Filior yeah. on uh, on Tuesday. So. so that was not that's nine guys they cut, which is huh, sad. The, but they must they guys I thought they had to cut ten. Well, that's what I'm counting. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. The uh, maybe the, the McRoberts thing. You, I mean. You look at the receivers that they that they brought in. Both of the special two in particular who scored touchdowns on on mm-hmm. on, on Tuesday. Did you break into my Wee? Is it we? Is it we or Wea? I'm and, not and, sure and, yet. We'll find, we will and, and find out. <laughs> Dooley Aristilde Jr. They both had touchdown oh. catches. They're both younger players. They're both uh, very impressive. And when you're bringing in a younger guy, an inexperienced guy who clearly outperforms a veteran, and one that they never really seemed inclined, as you as you alluded to earlier to uh, use extensively in the past. Um, <clears throat> that doesn't surprise me at all. Also, uh, this, neither, does it, neither does the release of a quarterback because it's just impractical to go into a four, second preseason game with four quarterbacks when you want to give your starters some time. And he's 29. And you still got to sort think. out the other two. I know. I, I should do. He's, uh, Paul was 29, I think. Is that off the top yeah. of our heads? Yeah. He was too bad. He was a decent guy. You know, he kind of wish he had his chances. He And I, th- I think he got all of his chances. I think he, he just somehow it didn't catch on. And uh, so people will be wondering about training camp busts, I guess, joins the, the long list of uh, Terrence. Well, I'm still, I still wonder why they were, why they were more excited about playing Ricardo Lewis than, than, than Paul yeah. McRoberts last year. That was the yeah. chance. He came in for one game, caught four passes all in the second half yeah. Against against Ottawa, I believe, and then after that, it was hello there, Ricardo Lewis, who really didn't do a heck of a lot for a considerable period. Yet Paul McRoberts was still sitting, and you've got to wonder what was it that didn't uh, didn't immediately meet the eye, at least from the this perspective. The coaches must have seen something that led to their hesitancy to use him, even when yeah. it seemed that circumstances were most conducive to playing him uh, last year due to injury, and even then. Paul McRoberts wasn't used a lot. Anyway, Rob, let's uh, let's quickly move on to tomorrow night. And what are you anticipating from the uh, starters playing the first half, prospects playing the second half? You know, it may be. A Is that definitely that the plan? That sounds like the plan. They, they got to play. They got to get the starters going. They got to get. You know, they well, have the bombers didn't since, think they had to. <laughs> yeah, I know. But I saw the green and white game. None of the starters played quite a bit. And I know you put as much weight on the green and white game as you do on a preseason game, but they looked okay. As Cody completed nine consecutive passes and captured with a touchdown against uh, Keon Schaefer-Baker. But don't get too excited about that because they weren't exactly playing tough D. But he still had to throw the passes and whatnot in the uh, green and white game. But uh, just I'm kind of looking for, well, not with Roberts anymore, but you know, I'm kind of looking to see, and I know maybe serious, I want to see what A.C. Leonard does. He, has, he hasn't really done a heck of a lot in training camp. And I'm not saying he hasn't, but I just haven't noticed him. Maybe because he, they know what yeah, he's going to do. You don't so have to notice him. But you know, still, I think, I'd, be more interested, I'd be more interested in Charleston Houston and A.C. Leonard tomorrow. Yeah. Because he still I mean, has Charleston. any kind of gas in the tank. 
Well, you had it didn't, and in the, the green and white game, but they go back to that's the last time I saw the veterans play. There really wasn't a whole lot of effort. Not, no, like efforts not there. It just wasn't that type of green and white game where there's lots of pressure and stuff. Things like it was just. It really was more like a glorified practice with with pads and, and a little bit of referees and stuff. So yeah, I'm curious to see here. I'm still still going to look at AC. I, I still want to see what he can do. What his kind of tone he's going to. We set know what he can city. do. Yeah, can I? It's my guy. It's my, he's not a- my guy. I'm watching. No, <laughs> but I, I haven't. We've also mentioned many times that we think Charleston Hughes can do, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if he has a big half. If he goes out, and maybe gets the sack and surfs, and that'd be pretty cool if he could do that because it's. Uh, I have noticed. Uh, a happier Charleston Hughes of practice, a little more personal doing with the fans. We saw a great shot of him mugging it up with the fans in uh, Saskatoon at the Green and White game. So he's really popular. And uh, maybe they found a, a 38-year-old diamond in the rough. We call him a diamond in the rough. What would you say for a 38-year-old guy who can come back after a season like he had with Toronto, Rob? I don't know. I uh, I mean, myriad reasons for why that may have happened. Sometimes just the grass isn't always greener. And if, and many Rough Rider players have discovered that they've left here and never really had the same career or even the adulation that they they did here. I, I, w- I want to see more, as we alluded to earlier, of the quarterbacks. I want to see Fine versus Dola Gala. I think that is still up in the air. Um, uh, I think the running back situation bears watching. If... if um, if Frankie Hickson can have another big game, I think that allows them to solve another issue, which is who's who is the returner going to be? And uh, it certainly won't be Troy Main Pope, based upon what we saw uh, on Tuesday. Um, so could you you can comfortably put put uh, Jamal Morrow at returner and know that you're going to get some good returns there. Yeah. And Frankie Hickson, to me, I I want to see more of that. I think that's that's. Uh, Really sure. intriguing. I, I, the linebacking situation intrigues me, how all that is going to work itself out, especially with the hash mark change and perhaps different uh, prerequisites for playing the linebacking positions yeah. because you don't have the sideline as a, as a, to your advantage anymore on one side of the field. So and you I want to see how the linebackers are going to play out and there's an abundance of linebackers. So that yeah. is something to, uh, to watch as well. Especially with Micah Tights going to be starting the season on the sixth gamer with and he was your kind of typical Canadian will linebacker, a little bigger, kind of played the run and was pretty good at coverage. But I, I still think that the uh, will linebacker is going to be more of along the lines of a, a bigger DB, one of those bigger defensive backs like a Patrick Levels or or maybe Nelson Lacombo can drop there from corner into playing that position. But I, there's a lot of experimentation going on. And I think coaches are still good. And I think the one we're all going to watch is see what Chris Jones does with that position with Evan and to see how he lines up at, at will and what he, cause he's kind of the, uh, what a defensive genius. Is that a fair safe, fair phrase to say? Well, you know, guru, he works anyway. Well. Yeah. And, uh, and, and he's got all sorts of little Maddox. Is he still using Deron Carter at safety? I have, <laughs> I have to admit, I haven't even seen that one. Honestly, what a cool ball hawk that would be. Oh, yeah. Deron Carter, uh, roaming the secondary with, uh, with, the freedom to just go chase the football. You know, I'm, if, I'm if that works out, that's intriguing. I'm also interested to see what Justin McKinnis does as a receiver. He kind of he had a tough start last year. He came in out of shape because he was being a stay-at-home dad and all those kind of things that happened during the 2020 cancel season. And then he hurt his hamstring and then came limited to a number a few games and then showed up this year in great shape. Great shape was running with the number ones, looks really good. And then he didn't get. I don't think he had a pass phone to him on Tuesday. 
but that doesn't, I don't know if that means anything, but I'm, I'm curious to see what he can do because they need another Canadian receiver to step up to fill Braden Lennius's hole and to complement Key and Schaefer Baker. And they have a bunch in Mitch Picton and Jake Hardy and Wesley Lewis. And I could go. Samuel Emelis is the one that Samuel intrigues Emelis. me. Yeah. And he has. I, I, if, if, uh, if he has a big game, I, he might walk right into a starting spot. Yeah, you could. But as I said, Justin is an experienced guy. They've invested him in another first round pick like uh, Emulus was. So I'm kind of curious to see what if he can step up. Yeah, I mean, I, I, Justin McKinnis at this point really hasn't shown anything to make me think that, that he's ready to take that step. I uh, Look, as I, mean, said, I didn't see training camp. Apparently he had a good camp. But yeah. when the lights have been on and there haven't been a lot of chances there, you know, except for that one play on November 2nd, uh, 2019, when he, when he caught a pass, 29-yard pass from Isaac Harker to set up Brett Lothar's game-winning field goal, there really hasn't been anything that makes you think, oh, yeah, this is why they picked it's, him in the first round. We've got to see that pretty soon because they've got a co- player of a with a comparable draft background in Samuel Emelis who uh, who uh, comes in really highly touted. So but they uh, have good that's Canadian, something to monitor they, they, as well. It looks like they have a good group of Canadian receivers, and sooner or later someone's going to step up. It's really kind of fun. Uh, BC's got Nathan Rourke, Rob, Canadian quarterback. I don't know. I haven't read how much he's going to play, do you think? I don't know. Not sure. Yeah, I'm but, not sure. Uh, I wish we knew. Sorry, I've read all. I've read as much as I could today to get an idea what BC was doing, and I really didn't get an idea with BC. So, you know, Kane quarterback starts preseason game significant. He started here last year. <laughs> didn't last. Yeah, he did, long. and threw it yeah. through a touchdown pass to Lucky Whitehead yeah. early in the See, game. See, look at me. I can remember stuff start. too, Rob. I'm not just a, a pretty face. I have a bit of a memory. It's, it's <laughs> well, shorter uh, as and I you get didn't older. Start, and you didn't. Almost start a podcast with yogurt on your nose. Which oh, is that would crucial. have been so cool! What was what kind of yogurt was it? Just plain. It was uh, Liberty Greek yogurt. Plain. It just—it's a so. sad thing to say that I didn't even notice it till Austin pointed it out. So yeah, those you have eyes. a nose for the news, buddy. Absolutely. So yeah. anyway, I'm going to read our little outro, and we are going to move on with our days here. So I'm going to try and do this with perfect elocution. So. Here we go. Wish me luck. If you enjoy the podcast, please leave a review and a five-star rating. It helps us grow the podcast. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. All of these things always say wherever you get your podcasts. How did that phrase become fashionable? If you'd like to send us a question, you can email Rob at rvanstone at postmedia.com and we'll read it on the show. We promise. You can follow me, Rob, on Twitter at, at Rob Vanstone or Murray at Murray LP, M-U-R-R-A-Y-L-P. There. Uh, next time we do this, we'll be previewing uh, the Rough Riders Hamilton game to be played June 11th to begin the regular season. We're going to anchor our podcasts from this point forward on Tuesdays. So that's, Hopefully uh, let's talk about a preseason game. <laughs> yes, well, uh, it will be a distant memory and perhaps completely expunged from the memory banks by the time we next uh, discuss this. So... Uh, Riders will be heading into their first practice, teeing up the regular season once the next when we reconvene here. So, for Murray McCormick and uh, and for for me and uh, Candy, who did not make a cameo appearance this time, thank you for joining us, and we will do this uh, again next week. Have a great weekend, and uh, thanks for your time today.